Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. It is Easter weekend and a little, little different Easter weekend than I think a lot of us were anticipating just hanging out at home this Easter weekend, which is uh, obviously unusual. Um, but yeah, we uh, that gives us an opportunity to uh, to have some more guests on. Everybody is just kind of hanging and wants to talk. And uh, so, yeah, we had we had Phil Forte on today. Phil was great. Uh, he's currently an assistant coach at Sam Houston State. He was previously a GA uh, at St. Louis for Travis Ford, and then obviously had a great five-year career at Oklahoma State before that. So had a lot of fun with him talking about uh, just Oklahoma State and what life is like as a coach. A little Marcus Smart talk in there. So uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. Let's get to this week's guest, Phil Forte, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Okay, we've got Phil Forte. Phil, um, you know, I think Oklahoma State fans keep up with former players and stuff, but I don't know how many know that you are uh, currently an assistant coach at Sam Houston State. How, how did uh, – well, first of all, how's how's the quarantine life going for you? What, what have you been doing? <laughs> uh, just, you know, staying inside pretty much like everybody out there uh, for us. Right now, we're trying to fill our roster still. we still got a couple spots we got to fill. Um, so calling, watching film on kids. Usually this time, we're out recruiting, um, and it makes it difficult because we can't have contact with any kids. And so you have to do it all off film, and you're calling coaches. And so right now, that's the majority of where my time goes. Um, it's made it a little different and can't have visits or anything like that with all the corona stuff going on so just pretty much doing the same thing as everybody else you know watching netflix shows and all that good stuff so you're you're because you probably travel out a lot or quite a bit and mm-hmm. so you're just working yeah. from home like the rest of us right exactly yeah and so the good thing is with what i do all i need is my cell phone yeah and my laptop and um so i mean it's different for sure but just try to take it day by day because unfortunately this stuff doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm curious about, so your career ends at Oklahoma State and you move on to, to St. Louis with Travis Ford. I, I, what yeah. what was the interim like? Was there, Were there opportunities to go play pro ball or did you kind of have a, made up your mind that you were going to get in, into coaching? What, what did all that look like? I think I knew pretty quickly that I wasn't going to keep playing. Um, Right when the season was over, I took a couple weeks off, and I just knew, you know, I knew I always wanted to get into coaching and do that. And I think mentally, I was just kind of done. Um, I think my body was done that last year um, at Oklahoma State. My body just took a toll, and um, I just didn't think that I could constantly put in the work that I'm used to doing to compete at the level that I wanted to compete at, and so. Um, If I couldn't do that anymore, I figured I don't need to be trying to play. And um, I always wanted to get into coaching, so I figured try to get in at a young age and kind of get the ball rolling um, from there. So you spent a couple years with Travis Ford at St. Louis and then on to Sam Houston State. Um, What was that transition like? Because you were, I believe, a a grad assistant at St. Louis and then – uh, get on as uh, to me a, a pretty young assistant at Sam Houston State. How did that opportunity open up, and and what was that transition like? Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, funny how it happened. Yeah, you know, I was planning on staying 
uh, on staff at St. Louis as a player development support staff role um, there. And then I go to the final four, uh, run into the head coach here and he's been here 10 years. And so he uh, was familiar with me growing up in the state of Texas. He had watched me play for several years and uh, met him at the airport, talked to him for a couple minutes. Uh, month goes by to have a spot open up and um, he reaches out and said that he wanted me to come down and interview for the job. So it kind of weird deal happened last minute. I was probably a week away from signing a lease in an apartment in St. Louis. And so <laughs> it, it all happened so fast. And uh, But definitely it was a great opportunity for me to uh, just take another step towards, you know, hopefully one day becoming a head coach. That's, you know, everyone's goal. So, uh, being closer to home, where I played, where I'm from, and so it was a great opportunity that I definitely couldn't pass up. What's what's the? Uh, I always think about this because when I, I played high school and a little bit of college baseball, and and you know as a, as an adult, like later on, you look back and you're like, oh, I I didn't see things like that when I was a player. Uh, what what is it like being on the other side of it? to where you're, you're looking at players now and you're like, you don't understand this right now, <laughs> but you will whenever yeah. you're six, seven, eight years down the road. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, the thing that they don't – and I didn't either as a player. They just don't realize you know, how much goes into just practice yeah. and the conversations that are had. Now, if you're a player, you show up for practice for those two hours, you go home, you go back to your dorm. I mean, if you're a coach, if you're – that two hours of practice is such a small percentage of your day. Yeah. You know, and like what builds up to it? What are you going to do in practice? What do you want to talk about? How can I motivate the guy? Mm. You're just constantly thinking about a way to improve your team. I mean, even when you leave practice, you're at home, you're constantly thinking about something, whether it's recruiting, whether it's about your guys academically, um, the game plan, the scout report, it's always something that's on your mind. And so that's the, that's the one thing that players just don't understand I didn't either I mean I I had no idea and so that's that's just the main transition from player to coach is when practice is over I mean you're not done you know if there's an off day like there's no off day for us and uh but there's just it's a lot of preparation that goes into it but for me it's fun you know I enjoy it it's something uh, I've been a part basketball been a part of my life forever and so I don't wake up and feel like it's a job or feel that I have to go sit at this eight to five. And um, so I'm enjoying it. I like our guys that we have, and it definitely makes it uh, worthwhile. Yeah. I, I'm curious about what, cause you're, you're with Travis Ford for a while from playing and then mm-hmm. coaching. What was the biggest thing that you took away from your time with him that you kind of apply as, as an assistant coach now and, and as a leader? I think the one thing I learned just being around Coach Ford is he is how hard he works. I mean, he works really, really hard um, and invests so much time, especially in the season on just – it might be the smallest detail, but he's going to try to figure out every little thing he can just to give him or his team the smallest edge to win possible. And I think he's really good at building relationships with his players. I think that's one thing that he's really, really good at. He'll call them in throughout the season and have meetings with them one-on-one, and even if it's 10 minutes. But just as a player's perspective, those 10 minutes mean a lot because 
it's outside of practice, you know, just getting, it could be about asking about your girlfriend, your family back home, just little things like that, whether it's five or 10 minutes a day, just investing in the kid's life, I think goes a long way uh, from a player's perspective. And so when they get on the court, it makes them realize like, okay, he cares for me as a person, not just as a basketball player. So those are the two things I think I learned the most from him is how he can relate to his guys and each player's different. And you can't coach every player the same way. Yeah. You got to figure out which buttons to push, when to push them, and what makes those players good. And so, um, just like any coach, there's so many ways to do it. There's not a right or wrong way. Um, but I definitely did learn a lot uh, playing for him and in my two years there as a GA as well. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's been cool because you know, he, it, obviously, it didn't work out in Stillwater, but I think his legacy as an OSU coach among osu fans has actually aged pretty well like i i think i think people look at it and they're like yeah it didn't work out but look like he actually like hit all the right notes in terms of caring about the right things and saying the right stuff i i just i don't know even i i was talking to uh i was talking to dave hunsucker the other day he was on here and, and mm-hmm. just talking about how like even at the end of his tenure at oklahoma state he handled everything really well and he was just kind of a pro about everything and so I don't know. I, I obviously basketball wise, it didn't go great, especially at the end. But I do think that people look back and are not. It's not like a, you know, an era that you want to just completely forget. No, for for sure. And I think, and I learned that as well. I remember my last year when I was sitting out, watching him go through all that. You feel for him because he always put the blame on himself. Yeah. Like every time he got answered, you know, quite, or had to answer questions, talk to media is always. I got to do better. I got to do this. I got to help improve our team. I mean, we had like seven guys, you know, like we, Cody McElroy was like the second, third guy off the bench. Like we had, we were at no bodies. I say that. I mean, guys in the NFL now, but you know, so I mean, he just, he was always trying to find a way. Like, how could I help my team out? It didn't matter yeah. who was on the court. He's always going to try to figure out a way. And so I think, you know, he, we won, you know, we won when he was at Oklahoma state. Yeah. We just didn't win big. You yeah. know, we didn't win big. Um, and so I think what, like anything, I think he's learned a lot as well. And I think whether it was, we won three or four games in a row, or we lost three or four, he was the same. He was the same every day in practice. Um, you knew what you were going to get out of coach Ford. He never has a bad day. He brings it every single day. His energy, his focus is always the same. And, uh, that's what is so impressive to me is, even as a GS show up top, I'd be tired. And I'm looking at the head coach, my God, like, if he's not tired, how can I not? Like, I can't be tired. Yeah. And so that's really what's impressed me. He just brings it every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, there were, I mean, there were high points. Like, there were seasons that it's like, oh, man, this is, this is pretty awesome. I think, I think the sustained level of success at a, for a really long time is the part that I just, I, I mean, you look at some, somewhere like Kansas and you're like, what the hell? Like, how do they, I, how, I don't understand how you do this year oh, after year after year. Um, I'm cu- Okay, tell me this. So I think it's pretty obvious who the best player you played with was at Oklahoma State, but who's the most, yeah. who's the most underrated guy that you played with? Because your, your career spanned mm-hmm. a lot of different guys. Um, yeah. You played with, yeah. I mean, you played with these most recent guys, the Lindy Waters, Cam McGriff, mm-hmm. but you also played with uh, you know, the, the Markel and like that crew that was kind of at the end of, of their tenure when you got there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Mark, like he's not underrated. Like he's a pro. Right. Everyone knows how good Markel is. I think the first guy that pops in my head is Anthony Hickey. Um, okay. you know, he came in from LSU at one year left and 
honestly, I think he saved our season. We didn't really have a point guard. You know, coming into that year, like Coach Ford was like thinking about playing me at the point. I was a junior. We had Tyree, who's a freshman. We didn't really have a point, and we got him midsummer. He came in and he kind of had his battles with Coach Ford and just the new program and all that. And he, by conference play, I mean, he was playing really, really well. And um, I think, you know, we don't make the NCAA tournament if we don't have Anthony Hickey. Um, I think he was tough. He um, just was a dog. Like, he brought it every single day as well. And um, just, I don't think from a fan's perspective, they really see what he brought to our team. Because I don't think we make the NCAA tournament without him, honestly, that year. Yeah. So he averaged his senior year. So LeBron averaged 17, you averaged 15. Hickey averaged 10, a 10, 4, and 3 uh, throughout the season. Yeah. Which is. Yeah, that's good numbers. Yeah. yeah that's pretty good numbers. That's, that's, pretty that's, good numbers. Yeah. that's pretty solid. Yeah. You know, the yeah. guy the guy yeah. that I was talking about the other day with somebody, we, we had uh, written on our site. We were kind of going through like the most underrated guys of all time. And so we were going, we were going pretty far back, like the, the Eddie Sutton years. But, mm-hmm. um, well, Brian to me was always underrated because. I think that, you know, he comes in as like this top 10 guy in the country or whatever. And I think you expect, especially in this era, guys like that to be like one and done, two and done, whatever. But he like the the numbers that he averaged all four years and he did it with, I mean, he just, he, he didn't miss games. Like he was just, he, to me, he was super consistent. And I'm curious about what it was like yeah. to play with him and, and just kind of how you, you guys viewed him. Yeah. And I think, for me, and you you make some great points, I see exactly what you're saying. Like, I think LB was so good, like, I don't think he's underrated. But I get what you're saying yeah. as far as if he comes in, he's supposed to be, you know, the one and done. And Like, I remember when I was in high school, you know, him putting the cowboy hat on. <laughs> and he kind of, like, made Oklahoma State. I know. He kind of created that Dallas pipeline in yeah. that era, in that, yeah. you know, span. You know, then Marcus comes, and Juwan comes, and because um, in Dallas, like he was, the, he was like supposed to be, like you said, top five pick the next year. Yeah. And but the thing that like he didn't really get caught up in that. I mean, uh, he just was very consistent. I had no one could stop him. Like he just could score the ball at an elite level. And um, he was a guy that was very consistent each and every year. Did it work out for him in the NBA? No. But he had a heck of a college career. I mean. Yeah. He's what top five in scoring all time. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he was very consistent. And I think the best thing for LB was being around Marcus those two years. Yeah. Just seeing like what it means to bring it every day in practice, and and even Markel, like Markel and Marcus were very similar in that fact, and I think that kind of rubbed off on him a little bit. And then when they left, he kind of just continued that what he kind of learned from them. But I mean, as far as the practice. I mean, LB was great. He's a great guy to be around, and um, hopefully, we'll see what he what he has left here. And if we do that TBT here in a month, well, or so, that's so. that's what I was going to ask about. It, it, you know, who knows when yeah. anything's going to happen? But how <laughs> yeah. how excited are you to to kind of get back together with some of those guys and the current guys? Are you worried about your knees at all? Like, what's what's the deal here? <laughs> I, I'll tell somebody I, I got to go through a two week boot camp or something. Just. Uh, <laughs> Just for me, I, I view it for me. I'm just excited. I get to see a bunch of these guys that I haven't seen in a while because we're all pretty much still around the game of basketball. Yeah. So 
so our seasons are all during the same time and everyone's busy and so it's hard to see people and so that was really why I wanted to do it like I don't care how much I play I don't play anymore um, I'll just go in the corner and you know I'll, if I'm open I'll shoot it and that's about all I'll do but yeah, it, it, I it, think we'll, we'll make it fun I mean I play everybody on the team I, I played with everybody except for Marshall yeah and so you know I think that's the cool part is just being able to be on the floor with those guys again. I think we do have a, a good team. I mean, that the competition and that thing's really good. Yeah. Um, but we have a good team, and so it'll just be fun to kind of go back and kind of just play with those guys again. Yeah, you'll be like the the Bruce Bowen probably of that team. <laughs> little, no problem doing that. <laughs> little defense, little three. Uh, it is funny because you you probably run into guys in that in that event, and you're like, shouldn't you like be in the NBA or something? Like, yeah. I, I think. You know, you look at somebody even like like Marcus Smart, and I, I'm curious about just from your perspective, what separates pro guys that make it? Like he's he's you know completely made it. He's a he's a yeah. legit piece on a on a really good team, and guys that that don't that 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 fall short that are not good. Like what, like what's the thing that he does? That you look around and, and you're like, man, I just either I can't do that or other people fall short of that or, or whatever. Yeah, the thing, the thing about Marcus is you don't realize, and obviously at OSU he put up really big numbers, but you don't realize what he does for your team until you coach him or you play with him. Yeah, and then you really get to see what he does and just how he impacts the game. I mean, we would keep deflections. Uh, when I was playing Oklahoma State, and at halftime, everyone had an initial of how many deflections. I think there's a rule if you get like 40 or 35 plus deflections, you're going to win, you know, 90 something percent of the time. And so that was our goal to try to get a certain amount of deflections. There'll be times that at halftime, Marcus had like 10. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, the, the, he's just the best, he's the best team I've ever played with. And I'm a little biased, sure, but just how he impacts winning and, when you're on his team in practice and in the game, you don't feel like you're going to lose. Yeah. Like you just don't. His presence, so he's constantly talking. Uh, he, he, I mean, the best practice player I've ever seen in my life. Like it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter if it was a walkthrough. It did like he was locked in, diving on the floor. I mean, national player of the year, like you couldn't take him out of practice. Like usually <laughs> our freshman, national freshman player of the year, like you get guys that come in like, Oh, we got Kansas tomorrow. Like I need to save my legs. Like, yeah. You had to beg him to come out. Yeah, like he wasn't. It didn't matter if it was the third string guy in there. Like he was going full speed every single time. You walk in a gym. I mean, you you just notice him right away. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason the Celtics signed him to a fifty four million dollar deal for four years. And I mean, let's all call it what it is. Like he's not a great shooter in the, in the NBA. Like he'd get mad if I told him that, but <laughs> if he's not, but he just made like he doesn't matter. Like that's how much the kid wins. Well, I think, I, like, yeah, that, you know what I mean. Like that's like, yeah, it's 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 crazy. And there's not many guys like that. And the Celtics are a team that's trying to win a championship, and you got to have a guy like that. Yeah, you, know, you, you do, and that's what I'm saying. You just don't really appreciate what he does for your team until you coach him or you're part of it, and you actually get to see. Oh wow, like he just really impacts winning at a high high level. He'd probably he'd probably ask you if you've ever made eleven threes in an NBA game. <laughs> I told him. I told him I go. You know the eleven threes is impressive, but he shot he shot like 
23 threes that game. I'm like, how did you get 23 <laughs> up? I'm like, that's the most – I was like, I was shocked. We had a game that night, and people are texting me, Mark's 11 threes. I'm like, some thinking he was like 11 for 14. Or, yeah. Like, Marcus, how did you get up 23 attempts? I mean, it's – seriously, like, it's like one every every two minutes, which is which is astonishing, whatever you think about it. But, no, I, I think – I think your point is good, and I've heard Mike Gundy talk about this with uh, Tylen Wallace, somebody who, you know, mm-hmm. on, the, on the football side, it's like when your best guy is also your hardest worker, that that matters in a way that fans don't – or just any people don't mm-hmm. see, you know, and, and, it, and mm-hmm. it affects – it doesn't only affect the current team you're on, but it affects future teams because young sure. guys, freshmen and sophomores are like, oh, that's – that's what being a pro looks like. So I think that's, I don't know, that's really interesting. Um, okay, last thing, and we'll get you out of here. What is your favorite game? When you think about your career at Oklahoma State, and I say best game, favorite game, uh, just one, if you had to pick one, is it is it the, at Kansas? What What's the game? Man, it comes down to two. There's, there's two. Obviously, that Kansas game, my freshman year, I think they're, they're one or two in the country and one. 40-something games in a row. Um, anytime you win at Allen Fieldhouse, it's, it's, um, you can't go wrong with that, especially growing up a huge Kansas fan my whole life. I mean, that game was unbelievable. Um, we're up 18 at half. We're all looking at each other in the locker room like, like how do we lo- not lose this league? <laughs> like, how do we – because you know they're going to make a run. Yeah. It's like, how do we not lose this? And uh, we, I'll never forget – after we win, you know, everyone knows Marcus is a backflip. We get on the bus, we're going back to Stillwater. And he looks at me, he's kind of like, do you think the backflip was a little much? I go, dude, people don't win here. Like, that never happens. So who cares? Like, people, like, you don't understand, Marcus. Like, people don't win at Alice Fieldhouse like that. So I was like, no, like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the Bedlam game my senior year. Uh, that was, for me, my last year to beat them at their place. We hadn't done it in whatever ten years, um, and to beat them at the buzzer the way we did it my last year, um, that was that was awesome, awesome moment too. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, uh, Phil, thanks for your time, man. Good luck at Sam Houston State, and uh, yeah, stay inside. Good luck this summer. Hopefully, that you know, even if it doesn't happen this year, the the TBT thing. Hopefully, it'll happen in the future, and uh, you can just stand in the corner, get twenty three threes up again, yeah. and uh, see what happens. There we go. That's fine. I'll play my role. I got no problem doing it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate your time, man. All right, Kyle. Have a good one, man. Bye. Okay, that was Phil Forte. Uh, Really enjoyed talking to him. He uh, is really good. I mean, you know, you have different people on here, and a lot of them, it's like, hey, can we go an hour? That's what I'm thinking in my head because I could ask a million questions, and uh, most of them are just really good and really fun to talk to, but – yeah, as always, just try to be respectful of, of their time. Phil was, uh, Phil was really good and had a lot of interesting things to say. I was really curious to kind of talk to him about different guys that he played with. Uh, and then also just obviously what it's like to be a coach now. I, I, I thought it was funny to talk about like just how he see thing, sees things differently as a coach than he did as a player. And I think that's natural. And, you know, look, like he, he's a really young coach. I think I think the trajectory – you know, that's not really my world, but the trajectory of somebody at his age having an assistant job that's pretty decent, you know, Sam Houston's a, a, a you know, a, a halfway decent D1 program if you're talking about nationally. Um, that's, 
that's pretty good. And he's well connected. Obviously the the Travis Ford connection and you know, it was interesting to hear him talk about just meeting people uh at the final four. I've I've heard that from other coaches. You just you just go and you just talk to people and meet them and I and I don't know, stuff just like happens there. It's it's kind of a an intriguing deal. So uh, let's hear one more time from Chris's university spirit and we'll come back with my one big takeaway from talking to Phil Forte. Chris's university spirit on campus corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, pistols firing. They specialize in custom printed Oklahoma state apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, I think my big takeaway from talking to Phil Forte is just his... Uh, I, I guess I would call it affection. I don't know if that's the right word, but just his allegiance to uh, Travis Ford. And, and I think the reason I, I was just kind of thinking about that as I was talking to him, I, I do think that the way Travis Ford is thought about is at least when within OSU circles is as somebody who was, yeah, maybe unsuccessful as a coach in the long term. He definitely was because he got, he got let go of, but Again, just somebody who kind of handled everything pretty well. You know, there there were moments where I was like, ah, that's you know, that wasn't that wasn't great. Should have done this differently. Um, you know, there there were there were di- there were bumps along the way for sure. But a lot of his stuff around like remember the ten and um, I don't know. He just just him still representing Oklahoma State. I, I think that is. Uh, a, a really it's it's a meaningful thing it's not it's not it doesn't go unnoticed and for Forte to just talk about how like hey I took from him uh, this work ethic and this uh, desire to be a hard worker to be disciplined to be responsible to be even keeled I, I think that's a really cool thing because I think that no matter who you look up to no matter who your mentors are no matter who your role models are there's always positives to take away from different people in your life and it's clear that uh, Forte has taken a lot of those from Ford and kind of applied them to uh, his time at Sam Houston State so uh, I'm really intrigued to see where his career goes he's clearly a uh, an engaging and, and smart guy and uh, yeah I wish him all the success and uh, and all the best as as he moves forward so that's it for us um, we've got a bunch of podcasts in the queue uh, a bunch more coming out next week. We've been just kind of grinding them out. So it's been a lot of fun. Thanks again to Phil Forte for coming on. Thanks to all of you for listening as always. Uh, stay safe. Stay quarantined. Be outside when you can and uh, read more books. We'll talk to you soon.